Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. Today is another AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. Today's question comes from Ryan in Los Angeles, who's asking about whether it's better to adapt an existing building for senior housing or whether it's better to build new. Well, Ryan, this is a great question. Senior housing is very specialized, and it's pretty rare to find a home or a building that lends itself well to meeting the regulatory and practical operational needs of a senior housing facility. Let's start with something simple. Let's assume that you're targeting the residential care model for assisted living or memory care. I'm not even going to get into the whole issue of access controls. We'll just focus on assisted living. The first thing to note is that for any assisted living building, all of the door openings need to be accessible. That means the doors need to be a minimum of 32 inches wide. Now that's not too difficult to meet in most homes, but 32 inches is extremely tight. We prefer 36 inch door widths. The bigger issue is actually the hallways must be 60 inches in width to be ADA compliant, and that's difficult to retrofit into an existing building without moving structural walls. In order to get a 16-bed facility, which is usually the maximum licensing limit in most states, you're going to need a home with a very large footprint. That means a home of nearly 8,000 square feet on a single level. Those are very rare. They're hard to find. 16 bedrooms also means 16 bathrooms, plus public bathrooms. That's a large retrofit to an existing home. It can be accomplished with some creativity, maybe repurposing the garage, adding an extension on the back, and so on. But remember, these homes really want to be on a single level. A two-story home that might be great for a family to live in is not great for assisted living. Yes, you can theoretically add an elevator, but now you're dividing staff across two separate floors, and that changes the staffing flow in the facility. When we design an assisted living facility, we're thinking about the resident experience and the functional flow, and that covers a number of conflicting constraints. So these requirements are in no particular order. Of course, number one, you've got to have space for each resident, including their bedroom furniture and storage space for some treasured personal belongings. Cooking for 16 people plus visitors means at least two refrigerators for the kitchen staff and two additional refrigerators for residents' personal food items. There are very few kitchens that have room for four refrigerators, so you're going to be completely redesigning the kitchen. It'll probably get classified as a commercial kitchen, which is required to have a three-basin sink and a separate hand-washing sink. These requirements are difficult to retrofit in an existing home, but it can be done. Number three, you need a secure nurse's station and dispensary. Medications need to be under lock and key, and patient medical records need to be both easily accessible to staff and stored in a HIPAA-compliant manner. Number four, you need space for activities. That can mean exercise classes, art classes, the dining room, music, entertainment. A large, multi-purpose space is important to accommodate a breadth of activities. Number five, you want to encourage family visiting and provide space that's inviting for family to spend time with loved ones. Visitors should be made to feel like they're welcome. They don't want to feel like they're in the way or they're disrupting the flow. Visiting should be the norm, not the exception. While it may not make sense to build a full sitting area into each bedroom, multiple semi-private lounges in the common area can be a great solution, but it does take a fair amount of space. Number six, ADA-compliant bathrooms are much larger than a normal residential bathroom. A kid's bathroom in a single-family home can be squeezed into 35 square feet. 
in our design, an ADA-compliant bathroom with a zero-entry walk-in shower consumes at least 112 square feet. And you're going to be building 16 of those, one for each resident. Number seven, you want to think about outdoor space that's wheelchair accessible. That means zero-entry thresholds at the building and garden paths need to be level and accessible. Outdoor seating space should have shade. Many don't like to sit in direct sunlight. Number eight, the pandemic has taught us an awful lot about air quality and air handling. You're going to need to have the most up-to-date air quality management. That means for both heating and air conditioning, humidity control, heat recovery ventilation, and well-controlled air exchange to the outside under a wide variety of conditions. A single zone for an 8,000 square foot home is neither practical nor desirable. Number nine, residents want to feel well cared for, and that includes personal grooming. Having a hairdresser visit a couple times a month means having a dedicated space for haircutting. A small hair salon with a single chair, a hair washing station will go a long way to making residents feel cared for. Number 10, your building is going to require a laundry facility. Multiple loads of laundry get done every day for both bedding and clothing. This means several high-speed washers and dryers. And then finally, you want to make sure that your building has the latest in technology. The nurse call system, security cameras, high-speed internet, and so on is going to require retrofitting a lot of signal wire behind the walls. That means that even if you're repurposing an existing building, you're going to have to rip open the walls to put all that wiring in there. So even if you can get all of these things to fit in your building, then you have to make sure the travel distances for fire exits are respected. You want to make sure that your hallways are short so as to maintain a residential feeling. Long hallways feel institutional. You want the common areas, including the kitchen and the dining room, to be visible within direct line of sight from the nurse's station. After you take all of these constraints into account, you're pretty much building a brand new building. You might save some of the existing structure if you're retrofitting into an existing building, but not very much. It's going to seem an awful lot like new construction. And when you've spent 80 to 90% of the cost of a new build, and you end up with a bunch of compromises, all because you wanted to reuse an existing building, it hardly seems worth it. Remember, your building is not the number one cost in your facility. Staffing is the number one cost. So my recommendation is not to cut any corners on your building and build a building that's going to provide you a winning product offer in the market with no compromises. I want to thank you, Ryan, for a fabulous question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.